Welcome to Christians in the Public Square with your hosts, Cole Bennett and Scott Self. In our last episode, Stephen Walker was kind enough to join us. Well, my buddy Cole came out to Chattanooga for a visit, and while he was here, Stephen and Sean White, his co-host, had us on their podcast. And with their permission, we're cross-posting that conversation here on Christians in the Public Square. Hope you enjoy. Hey, um, I am pleased to be joined by um, two men that I don't know well, but I love. Please welcome Cole and Scott. Cole, I forgot your last name. What's Uh, your last name? (laughs) Bennett. That's what it is. And Mr. Scott Self, um, we're going to have an interesting discussion today. Um, But Scott, a lot of people know you. You Mm. go to church with us. You're Mm -hmm. part of our church family. I don't like that word, going to church. Um, you're part of our church family, mm-hmm. um, and you are teaching a class right now on Sunday mornings. And by the way, it went great. Did it? Oh, it's going really well. Um, but we have kind of a first-timer here on the podcast, Mr. Cole Bennett. Clap, Cole, clap, clap, clap. Cole, you are... Are you from Abilene? No, I'm actually from East Texas. I just, I've lived in oh, Abilene. Okay. And you are a professor at Abilene Christian, That's correct? right. And I, that's how you and kind of Scott know each other. No, we know each other from Hawaii. Wow. Which is kind of a bizarre story. I, I was preaching in Hawaii, and uh, Cole came out. He loves, as you can see from his shirt, he loves Hawaii. <laughs> and uh, so he came out for a, a trip, and actually, yeah, Cole, you we met because you wanted me to look up somebody. That's right. I had a friend who lived in Hawaii, and I didn't even know Scott at all when I reached out to that church and went to the website and found the name Scott Self as the preaching minister, and Whoa. and uh, had a friend there. And so when I went to Hawaii the next time, which was just a few months, Scott and I met for breakfast. Uh-huh. At, at the, Wailana Coffee House. No longer open. Mm. Yes. Mm. And Rip. we got to know Rip. each other and realized we... Th- I didn't even know that Scott had gone to ACU, which is where I teach English. And um, we had great talks about linguistics and theology and politics and all kinds of things at that breakfast and became fast friends. Uh-huh. That's great. So uh, remind me of what you guys do at uh, ACU before we kind of get into the meat of our discussion. Well, I work for ACU Dallas, so I'm assistant Dallas. provost at ACU Dallas. Um, uh, of course, I'm remote, but our campus is online, so um, I can work remote. But um, uh, before before I worked for ACU Dallas, I worked for ACU in Abilene, and Cole and I worked together there, where Cole is a professor of English. Professor of English and director of the Writing Center there. That's right. Wow. How many pages do you think you've written in your life? Written a lot, and I've read millions. <laughs> oh. Of, yeah. <laughs> a lot of text in my life. Oof. Well, that's great. And so uh, today we're going to be talking about the idea of talking about politics and public discourse because you guys have a podcast called Christians in the Public Square. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a very, uh, very popular and, and critically acclaimed podcast. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's acclaimed. It's a, <laughs> and, and critically. It is, it is acclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys uh, talk about this podcast for a little bit, how it got started. Um, um, what's the idea that you want to accomplish with it? Um, it's very interesting, so I'll let you guys talk. Yeah, Scott and I have had been friends talking about politics for years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there had been people in our lives who had invited us to come and talk about politics in front of them mm-hmm. for various groups oh. and for Summit. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? And they said, we really like the way you guys are 
are such friends, but are able to talk about difficult topics from different political positions. And so after uh, after a while, we thought, you know, this would make a good podcast. We would need to be intentional about topics and and intentional about giving each other space, but also about about claiming our flags, as we say, flying our <laughs> flags, mm-hmm. uh, and talking about what we really feel while not insulting each other. One of the things we, I, uh, I, I understand that this was actually, this is actually a rhetorical exercise, but one of the things I really enjoyed early on was uh, folks would have us speak to their students. Oh, yeah. And um, Cole would describe who I am, and I would describe who Cole <laughs> is. And, uh, uh, you know, we do our best to try and give a fair representation of what I believe my friend thinks, which is vastly different. We are yeah, very, very different politically. Is this, is this high school, college students? College. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it would correspond roughly to a Rogerian model where I would say, okay, class, I'm now going to tell you what I believe Scott thinks about this topic, and I would go as oh, far wow. as I could, and then Scott would do the same for me, and the mm-hmm. students who were accustomed to hearing a lot of bloviating yeah. right. f- would just kind of be amazed that we understood each other's position That's as right. well as we did. Yeah, and I, that uh, it always made sense to me because I care about Cole, so that why wouldn't why wouldn't you try to understand? But that's the thing is that it appeared that there's an audience for understanding or, or observing that kind of behavior. Um, and uh, boy, I mean, that's that's probably valuable in the public square anyway. But as we were thinking about a podcast yeah. and thinking about our brotherhood and the and the way that we feel that you know we're connected by Christ, that became even more important. And yeah. so thinking about uh, not just uh, our ability to get along, but what does that mean about the ways that we interact with uh, you know w- with the world around us? Yeah, yeah. you don't you don't see that really anywhere. I think yeah. with you know, people first off describing the other opinion in a appropriate and and not condescending way, but also a a discussion that is rooted in love. And I, I think mm. that's what's so cool about the podcast. Um, you have this kind of these beliefs. What do y'all call them? Uh, beliefs or uh, the three tenets? The three tenets. Yeah, one of them, and my favorite one is Bros Before Politicos. Yeah, talk that's, about that one. It's and the most important. One. Yeah, I think so too. Why? Yeah. Well, because uh, we, we the the explanation for that is we're brothers first, and everything else is details. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said a number of times on the podcast. I've said it uh, when just Cole and I were sitting together in his, uh, you know, in his um, living room. I don't really want to change Cole's mind. That's not um, something I'd ever be happy about. If it happened, I'd be disappointed because. <laughs> Uh, who would I talk to and yell at? <laughs> um, I want him to be who he is because yeah. who he is is a is a great human, and uh, and a and a great example of what it means to be a disciple. So, uh, I want him to be fully who he is, and that I think is the brotherhood. Uh, you know, the the church even in the first century was incredibly diverse: mm. Jews and Gentiles, men and women. Uh, folks of different languages, and nonetheless, they found their identity uh, as members of the way, and that was their definition. That was who they were, regardless of regardless of what their past was. Mm. Um, and 
that seems to me fundamentally Christian, that we're, yeah. that we're brothers and sisters before anything else. Yeah. That should rule all of our relationships. Yeah, and I think what we're seeing now these days, um, especially in the church with these divisive topics, we're seeing division come out of that, and it's it's rooted in politics. And I think <laughs> it's because we're, we, we flip-flop where we say, this is more important than than loving my brother or loving my sister. And um, maybe talk about why, why is it important for Christians to interact like kind of you guys do in the public square in the terms of not, not throwing shots, not uh, posting the long uh, rants or blaming somebody on Facebook or whatever. Um, talk about why it's important and healthy to have disagreement, but have that bros before politicos first. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I this may be boring, but I'm going to talk for a second about, you know, in ancient Greece, you had two terms people talked about a lot, the dialectic and rhetoric, and they were seen as of counterpoints to each other. That's very English of you. Yes, isn't it, though? <laughs> isn't it? You're already snoring. Uh, and whereas rhetoric was intended to persuade audiences and move people, dialectic was ostensibly intended to arrive at the truth. So mm. two people going back and forth and stating opinions and claims until truth was arrived at. And again, that sounds kind of abstract and like, can that really happen? But the reason I find it important, a moment ago, Scott and I said that, you know, occasionally professors would have us in to say, show us how you discuss things. And they were interested in our modeling how to do that. But our, our podcast was not to say to listeners, y'all need to be like us. Let <laughs> us show you how we talk about things, and then you imitate who we are. That's not why we have the podcast. I think, and Scott, you can chime in in a second if you agree or disagree, but I think it's important for us to take on issues that the world can't move forward because mm -hmm. they are against each other. Yeah. The MSNBC crowd and the Fox News crowd are not interested in dialectic. Mm -hmm. They're interested in hitting each other over the head rhetorically and perhaps physically. But <laughs> Scott and I are like, okay, taxation, or okay, Tenth Amendment, or, or whatever it is we're talking about. How can we actually try to go back and forth, mm. understanding each other carefully, because our relationship allows it because we are brothers first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've used this phrase a lot on the podcast that I think we as Christians have the secret sauce for that kind of thing, <laughs> right? Um, there's a, there seems to me a fundamental demand of, um, of Christianity, of Christ himself, that if, if we find our identity in him, um, that gives you liberty and freedom and room to have... Uh, even difficult conversations. Mm. If your identity is not in Him, those difficult conversations become impossible. And I will be—I will confess—I've lost friends over the podcast because they—they they, uh, we were not brothers before politicos, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I've lost friends who have heard things I've said on the podcast and said, "Oh, Scott's not who I thought he was. He's a jerk," um, <laughs> which is maybe true, but <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know it. Or they, they used to think not it, think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about when there's, uh, I mean, there obviously there are certain things that we can discuss and debate that there really isn't. Let's get into those. You don't have, yeah. Well, you don't have to get to a point where you have to do something about it, right? Because we can just debate as, 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 you know, 
couple of guys who have opinions on a lot of stuff. We can debate it. But what about, you know, when people say, well, to be a Christian, you have to think this way about X, Y, Z. How do you deal with that? Um, not well. <laughs> I, I react to that. I, I, you know, when I was in ministry, I didn't expose anything about what I believed. Sure. Because I didn't want to, th- I didn't want to put up a barrier to the gospel. Mm-hmm. But folks would say things assuming I agreed with them, uh, <laughs> like, you know, I don't understand how a, de- how a person could be a Democrat and a Christian at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would, I would receive that in silence mm-hmm. without um, being able to say, well, um, let me tell you how that happens. I'm not really a Democrat, but you know what I'm saying. Right, yeah. Um, and, and I think I'm not going to speak for Cole. I'll let him decide how much, but I think you experience that too, right? A lot. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, how can you be a good person and be a libertarian? Don't you care about sick people? Right. That's the number one thing right. I get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I find myself on many occasions, uh, uh, speaking up for, uh, I think, what misperceptions of Cole's point of view are, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? He's mm-hmm. the most generous person I know. Yeah. That he has a different view on taxation doesn't mean the same thing <laughs> as um, as being uh, ungenerous. In fact, it's more generous right. because he wants to voluntarily give his money, not, yeah. not be do it, not, <laughs> not to, be do forced it by force. to do it. Right. And, you know, I think if nothing, if our podcast accomplishes nothing else, it adds nuance to discussions that are not nuanced. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past couple of weeks, we have seen uh, legislation that, or hints that legislation is coming that will overturn Roe v. Wade. And we've been living in a society that pretty much doesn't talk about abortion much. Right. Yeah. And now we're seeing a lot of people starting to vocalize what they think. And it's shocking to some people, and it's causing people to look askance at each other. Mm. But a lot of conversations are happening that are bringing out nuance, which was not there before. Mm-hmm. And people are having to decide whether they're going to remain friends with people. And, right. and something I just want to tell them, uh, Scott said something 20 years ago that I still think about a lot, which is in, in it, guides, it guides his life, but... You can essentialize Romans 14 by saying, y'all go into a room and work it out. <laughs> right? And, and that there's a lot of value yeah. to people who are not agreeing to things. Uh, Paul doesn't let them just keep on hating each other or keep on trouble or dividing each other. He's mm-hmm. like, you've got to figure it out. You mm-hmm. have to. Be, and you can't do that if you can't talk about it. Yeah. And I would say engage in dialectic as opposed to trying to beat each other over the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you mentioned there are three tenets. The The most important one is bros before politicos. But one that's that I have a lot of fun with is that sacred cows make great barbecue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, the idea behind that mm-hmm. is um, we will, it, you know, we are comfortable in uh, interrogating our orthodoxies, right? Explain that more for those who are so. Um, me. This, is, this is important for me because it was difficult <laughs> as a as a guy growing up. In the, uh, Cole and I both grew up in the church, but um, when I was coming up, there were questions you weren't allowed to ask. Oh yeah, for sure. There still know, are. What if, what if yeah. God doesn't exist? You know. That's not something Producer, you get to talk about edit at church. That out. <laughs> you, know. uh, you can't ask that question because um, what if he's because not a white male? Cow there. Ooh, ouch! Yeah, what? what if he's not a white male? Yeah, yeah. 
What if Jesus wasn't white? <laughs> <laughs> or what if you're supposed to read bits of the Bible differently from other bits? Right. Oh. I had that discussion the other day. Oh, Never that allowed was to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, and while that happens to us theologically, it also kind of uh, starts to happen in terms of the way we think about ourselves mm-hmm. and, and the public around us. Um, you know, one, I remember asking at church uh, in high school, why aren't Catholics going to heaven? And the reason I asked the question was not, I wasn't, I wasn't waxing philosophical. I was thinking yeah. about some kids at school that were taking their faith a way lot seriouser than I was. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And so um, <laughs> how does this work out? <laughs> Just because, um, you know, we didn't use instruments and we had communion last Sunday at all, mm. you know, I'm so much better. So being able to ask a hard question and being able to ask a hard question of one another, I think is really, really important. On the way over here, we were talking about guns, you know, and... Yeah, let's get and into that. We, and, 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 you know, at one point, Cole's saying, yeah, but see, you're nuancing things. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then I'm saying, he's saying something, but see, you're, but you're nuancing it too, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to talk about it out loud without uh, saying... No, I have this belief. Don't ask me any questions about it. And abortion is one of them. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, there's so much more than whether it's legal or illegal. All right. There's these are people. They're humans. And if we stop thinking about them as humans and start only thinking about the law, we miss all of the complexity and all of the challenge that actually exists around that conversation. Yeah. And we've had, I don't know, f- five or six episodes about abortion and. You know we're not done, but it. Sure. But we also weren't able to come up to. Um, well, here's how you ought to think about it. Yeah. It's X, Y, and Z. <laughs> Just do no this. Dummy. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's something I've recently uh, arrived at is any situation that involves multiple different people and facets of of you know our culture and community is not just a simple one way fix of take away all the guns or give all the guns to people. Like in any situation, it's so much more complex than that. And I think sometimes what we've kind of done is get on top of our, you know, golden tower and say, this is the answer and this is the way that will fix it. Mm -hmm. And anything else is dumb, stupid, and should not be heard. Mm -hmm. That's pretty dangerous um, in any community, but especially I think in the church community. And that's where I think that's why those questions of, well, why do Catholics go to hell or whatever come up because one way and if if we get off that path it's the bad way. So I, <laughs> this may be silly, but have, has anyone else in this room has seen the movie Smallfoot? Smallfoot. Okay, came out a few years ago, um, and it's about <laughs> who's it's, starring? It's about somebody with a small foot. No, it's about a someone gr- with it's, a uh, big it's, hand. It's about a a group of Yeti who live in the Himalayas, okay. and they have a they believe. There's a mythical smallfoot humans. Oh, they don't believe okay. in humans, Got and it. they're worried about humans. <laughs> and the literal the 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 chief literally wears tablets on his body of all the rules oh. that they have to follow. And I remember watching it, and it happened. And he comes out, and he's like, "Well, rule number," and I go. That's the church. <laughs> and she goes, shut up. Because <laughs> our kids are sitting there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but like, it's just a, it, it, the way he goes about it because, you know, uh, small feet don't exist. The, the small foot people don't exist. And he's, so anyway, watch it. It's, it's, it's a great metaphor for, you know, breaking the, the, the rules, if you will, to think about things 
in in a greater scope than just here here's here's what the rule is do it this way instead of doing it that way yeah so i do i also think that um you know this is a gross overgeneralization of things but pre-literacy you know uh folks basically lived in communities and you thought the way the community thinks mm-hmm. and there really wasn't a lot of a lot of room for discourse as as literacy increases and as we have an opportunity to think more through books maybe we have a chance to talk a little bit more and bring in new ideas and that kind of thing but still if you think about even in in Colin Mai's lifetime a coal and mines. Coals and mines. <clears throat> Here comes you, the thank you, hour. This guy. Uh, in our lifetime, we've we've seen discourse change mm-hmm. from uh, what kind of happens in your churches, in your community, and on the six o'clock news, to what happens on Twitter, what happens mm-hmm. on Facebook, what happens, and it's not like there has been more discourse. It's, that's not more discourse. Mm-hmm. It's more talking with less characters, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, 140 characters and try to say something. And so you do, you end up with kind of very, very abbreviated, I'm going to make a point or I'm going to slam mm-hmm. somebody type of conversations that aren't really conversations. They're just, um, uh, they're, they're either assertions that can be made very, very simply, mm-hmm. or uh, this somebody's showing how stupid somebody else is. That's not that's not what we do. Yeah. Quite the opposite. Right. And I, I also think that 24-hour news cycles has stopped mm, the that's rhythm good point. Yeah. of mm-hmm. I see some news, I reflect on it, I mm-hmm. see the next day's news, I reflect on it. Or, you know, And now it's just a constant barrage where you're, there's a lot more knee-jerk reaction, I think, yeah. without so much thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're, you're being told what to think about well, this yeah. in so many ways as opposed to here is here's what's happening now. Get with the people you care about and talk yeah. about it. Why it's, do people still watch the news? Mm. Dude, I had to quit. Yeah, Scott, talk about that. That's pretty bold. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. Just before the pandemic, uh, Beverly and I went to Peru for to see the kids uh, before the pandemic. And uh, we decided that as we left, I, I canceled our cable subscription so that when we came home, we wouldn't have cable. I was at the point where I'd get home at 5.30 uh, from, from work, and I would watch the news uh, while, we were, while I was getting dinner ready. We would watch the news through the evening, and I would watch the news up until about midnight. And then uh, the next day, I'd have the news on when I'm getting ready for work, and then go to work and come home and 5 to midnight again. And... I'm going to tell you something. Uh, surprise everybody. I watched MS- MSNBC, but I'd watched the same dang show <laughs> I'd watched at six o'clock back in, at, at 10. Yeah. I mean, the same show I already saw. Yeah. I was addicted. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I discovered was I was addicted to the controversy, not yeah. to the. Yeah. Just nothing being solved. I'm just. To the drama. I'm, I'm to the anger that mm-hmm. I have about something or someone. And um, yeah, so I had to turn it off. Good for you. Even now, I was uh, I was in Dallas for work last week, and so I turned on the news. It's the same stuff. It yeah. is, yeah. Nothing changed. I mean, the news doesn't change either, but it was all still about Donald Trump, so, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> it, will, it will always be. Yeah. <laughs> well, yesterday, I deleted my Facebook and my Instagram. Did you? you? Did. How about that? Mm, yeah. I mean, like, I just think, I, and I'm with you, Cole, like, the, it's a, it's a constant. 
I mean, yeah. it's a 24 hour thing. And even on Facebook and, and, and Instagram is kind of a different thing with just seeing people and all their good life going on constantly. It's <laughs> like, oh. Highly curated life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's normal. Well, you know, I, when I first heard this a few years ago, I didn't know. I, th- I remembered. I'm going to think about this, but I, you, you hear about how much impact on your psychological self that has. I have talked to um, campus physicians and campus counselors. The number of college students who are on anti-anxiety meds is through the roof. Mm, yeah. And it's, you, when you try to think, okay, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and it wasn't like that then, what do we look at? And, you know, I think it's hard to ignore that that has got to be some kind of a factor. Oh, for sure. The comparison, the bullying, the lesser than, greater than, it's got to be a factor. But just exponential explosion of students on anti-anxiety meds. For sure. I mean, you've read studies and... um, are you are you guys the ones who talk about how studies are bogus or whatever? Have y'all said that before? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a to, researcher, but... <laughs> so. <laughs> but there are there are correlations between that because I mean it is it's 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 I kind of decided at the end it just wasn't good in the grand scheme of things it wasn't good for me mm-hmm. you know like all the good that it came out was not as much as the bad mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Practice what I preach, gone. I'm still on Twitter though, at Stephen Walker. <laughs> yeah, the worst one. That's no stop. That's that's stop. The Sean. biggest echo chamber. No, well, it's really for sports news. Oh, okay, there we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> what have you guys? Um, what have you guys learned from the podcast, or maybe grown from, from doing the podcast? Well, let me mention our third tenant as I answer that question. Ah. The third tenant is we let our flags fly proudly. Which means, you know, it's really nice to give Scott room, and it's really nice to question orthodoxy when needed. But I also want to get my my points out. Mm-hmm. That and one of the reasons I can is because I know Scott will treat them with respect, mm-hmm. and I want I want to be able to say I really feel this way about taxation, and here it's too much, and here it, it's okay, and here it's constitutional, and here it's not. And so I I think our podcast uh, we have gotten. Emails from people and verbal responses from people who live in our the same towns as we do who said, you know, that episode was really good. It was really interesting to us. It was my wife and I talked about it, or I really appreciated your view, or I really didn't appreciate your view, but I did Scott's. And so I think the respect and the bros before politicos allows the conversation to move forward, mm-hmm. which I think is the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think we've both gotten feedback from folks who say, you know, you, you didn't, you let Cole off the hook here. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Your, your brother says that about you letting me off the hook a lot, I'm sure. On the daily. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but every time somebody tells me that, I think, yeah, but kind of, it's not the point. It's not yeah. the point to trap Cole. We should it's, let each other off the hook. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, every so often. And <laughs> Sean. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and and I'm not here to I'm not here to make a to to hit a home run yeah. because if I did hit a home run, it'd be a fake one, mm. right? We're not going to solve this stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think we do sometimes. Uh, I I know we sometimes let each other slide and say I'm just going to let that argument hang out there and I'm not going to confront it. Um, I think the thing I've learned the most is that I care less than I used to. 
um, about any of it. Yeah. In fact, for season three, I told Cole is we 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 kind of took a break between season two and season three, um, because in season by the end of season two, I was I was really feeling ripped up by the podcast. I was, um, but for season three, we really focused on the church side of the conversation, mm-hmm. the Christians in the public square, what can we do instead of just beating... And for me, I think I really beat up on the church in the first two seasons. Um, I was pretty hard on us. But um, I'm I'm, be, I'm discovering that caring about things sometimes makes it difficult to see the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't make it difficult for me to see Cole because I already know him and we're already best friends. But other people I don't know, the stuff I care about gets in the way of seeing them for who they are. Yeah. And um, <laughs> really, the big learning for me over the last, in, in this last season, has been figuring out how to take people as they as they are when I first meet them, right? So if you're wearing a t-shirt that I totally disagree with, or you say something that I find incredibly offensive or stupid, that... I can look for the Cole Bennett inside of that person, you know, and mm. and try to identify that person that I m- would probably love if I just gave him the chance. Mm. Do you want to tell that story about uh, when you were driving down the road? Yeah, I didn't tell that here, did I? No, I no, I don't think you did. Yeah, I uh, on Banks Road there was a guy had a big sign. You talking about that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he had a big sign. I just drove cold there today to show him where I was talking <laughs> about. Show. We got out and went and knocked on the door. No, we didn't. Do yeah, that. he had a he had a big sign out uh, said "God, guns, and Trump" um, while he was rebuilding his house from the tornado. And and every time I'd see that sign, it ticked yeah. me off because yeah. I don't like the idea of God being associated with guns, and I don't like the idea of God being associated with any politician, but Amen. probably especially Trump for me. But um, anyway, that. Every time I'd drive by, he'd be working on his house, and I'd be working on, uh, you know, not thinking terrible things about him. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until he finished his house that I drove by one day and realized, you know, it never occurred to me to go home and get my toolbox <laughs> and go up and help him work on his house. <laughs> I could have. Yeah. And I should have, but it never occurred to me. And that bothers me that it never occurred to me. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think we're so obsessed as a church to to change the law in our country before helping the people that yeah. are affected by it. I mean, um, we did a conference uh, a few weeks ago called Secret Church. It's by Radical, which is started by David Platt. I don't know if you know. Look it up. Um, but we were talking about the abortion you know, issue, and we have failed to look after those who are looking to want to have an abortion, who are in that situation and saying, hey, I'll take your baby. Yeah. If you don't think you can take your baby, I'll take your baby, or I'll go out and help and support um, and, and try to uh, advocate for them, um, not not to get an abortion, let's not get into that, but but just to help them as, as people and not necessarily as trying to change the law to where they can't get an abortion. You know, not, we're not talking about whether it's right or wrong um, or what, what but, but what about the person in there instead of saying, I want to change this law so they can't do this. What about going to the clinic and saying, hey, don't don't have an abortion. Let me adopt your baby with foster care in this country. If we would if the church 
you know, the registered Christians would just adopt a, a baby, a, a child, a, a teenager. We would solve the, yeah. you know, child, you know, uh, problem. Or, you know, on, or even if we spent the same amount of time on the laws that make adoption and fostering difficult mm. as we spend on trying to change the big law. Yeah. Because I don't know that the big law is ever going to move much, but maybe we can actually change the red tape laws mm-hmm. to get adoption creates fewer abortions. You, you and me are about to get into a debate here. Oh, all right. <laughs> about, no. no, but... Or, or, <laughs> if our, or if our funding as a country was less on bombs and tanks. Woof. And, yeah, but, you know, uh, on the flip side, Cole... Thanks Cole for diverting us, Sean. Yeah, Cole brought this up to me on the way here when we were talking about uh, guns. On the flip side, um, you know, we liberals have... we. Liberals like me have done a poor job of accepting that um, families, there are folks who need, there are kids, young men who need support from their communities and they're not getting it, right? There's a reason why, we know what the profile of somebody who's going to shoot up a school looks like. Yeah. Well, why don't we do something about it? Instead of just bellyaching that there are guns... Uh, and and belly aching that everybody's able to get a hold of them. Why don't we take resp- uh, responsibility for uh, helping students who fit the, children who fit that profile mm-hmm. of somebody who might do that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Or why don't we um, uh, figure out ways to help families become healthier and uh, in a time when healthy when families are falling apart? Yeah. Why don't we take care of the problems instead of belly aching about the law? Because those are too hard. That's that's it. <laughs> well, know? and I will say I, I mentioned this on on CP two. Yeah, Christians nice. in the public square. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's something that's really cool in Abilene uh, uh, called Pregnancy Resources mm-hmm. of Abilene, and they exist to give free medical care, free diapers, diapers free um, the vitamins you take, prenatal vitamins. Uh-huh. And counseling and prayer and for anyone who's representation pregnant. for adoption. Yes, for anyone who's pregnant, and yeah. they they will give you those things. And even if you get an abortion, they will give you free counseling if you want it afterward. Mm, wow! And there, yeah, they get donations of in kind and financial, like a opening a pipe their 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 budget is yeah. huge and growing and it they have all they need yeah in fact they're looking to expand because they have demand and they have money to to expand yeah. so i think a lot of people to your point scott are saying rather than try to fight this fight on a legal front let's just turn and try to help or along with fighting on the legal front. oh man okay almost got you let's turn <laughs> and and uh, also help <laughs> Women who are pregnant and don't know what to yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, and and they will they will say, "Here are your options other than abortion." But if yeah. they get an abortion, they still love them and offer counseling if they want it. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. That's yeah. Good. The other thing I love about those guys is um, uh, the way they talk about their work. It's about saving babies. It's not about yeah. Right. I, it's, I really appreciate that meta the, the that language that rhetoric because that's actually the point. It's not. Yeah. It's not about what uh, um, keeping the Democrats from starting right, a communist right. country. We, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, it's that's what's important that's to so them, and true. so that's what they. And or so that's keeping how they, women down or right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that's important. Um, 
to to see the what the actual problem is and you know me and me and Cole were uh, we, we had a conversation a few weeks ago on y'all's podcast yeah but, so Stephen was no, on no, no, there's no, an no, episode no, with no, Stephen no, coming no, up no, but yeah, I'm waiting uh, for that one to come out no stop uh, but um, just the idea that you know what I believe I'm very um, I would say I'm a anarchist anarchist yeah. anarchist uh, because um, I just believe that politics were set up to get you away from the actual issue. Um, you know, it's, it's not about helping a child anymore uh, to the people up, up there. Um, it's not about um, preventing mass shootings. It's not about, um, you know, health care. It's about power to them. And so I think when we have conversations like this, where there's people who are actual real people and having a conversation about solutions, it you you start getting ideas like an Abilene healthcare thing community where you can support even post abortion even when even when you disagree with that there's still people like Scott said and and they need help uh, they need Jesus uh, like yeah. desperately you know uh, uh, I've told this story on the podcast when I was um, younger and much more idealistic much less cynical <laughs> than I am now I lived in Dallas and um, one of our local politicians who I was a big fan of was at the Starbucks that I was at. <laughs> and um, she's sitting at a different table and I'm... Did you uh, get her autograph? No, I was... But I was, you know, I'm a, a fan over there kind of <laughs> trying to figure out how not, not to be awkward. And uh, anyway, I was just my, kind of trying to mind my own business and drink my coffee, but um, a homeless man came into the uh, into the Starbucks and was asking for handouts. Uh, he, he was He was deaf. So he had this little card that said, would you give me some money? And um, uh, I didn't. I'm a, a disability advocacy person. I know I'm not supposed to, and so I didn't. Uh, but I, I did my best sign language to uh, tell him no and have a good day. Uh, he goes over to the other table, and she yells. I'm going to step back from my microphone. She goes, go to the homeless shelter. Um, the guy's deaf. The yelling isn't going to help, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but also, the whole idea of taking care of the poor. It turns out it's not about the poor. It turns mm. out about she wants to make sure that we don't that they don't end up at her Starbucks yeah. when she's trying to have uh, coffee time with her friends, and yeah. the, and it just really destroyed. Uh, in in one moment, destroyed a bunch of my idealism that this is not really. We're not. When we do this kind of stuff, uh, and I say we outside of the church, when our society tries to do stuff, we really boil it down to something that doesn't have much virtue in it. It's, mm, it's let's dirty. take care of the homeless so that you know they don't show up and bother me in, in the way I think about my community, or I don't have to look at them. Right? It's not so much we we claim to care, yeah. but the real test of whether we actually care is when they come into our space. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we don't want them there. Um, and I think, I think that's what I mean when I say the church has the secret sauce. At the end of the day, we know how to love people, or we at least have a master who's shown us how to love people, and that is a, an entirely different paradigm than what the policy is for taxation and representation and, uh, and, and, and how much of that goes to the homeless shelter. Yeah. Mm. So... I'm going to ask uh, Scott this first, but Scott, I want you to be lenient because you talked about how you, uh, um, I guess, beat up on the church a lot. Mm. How how have we, um, what are some examples of how we've kind of failed as a church in the public square? Um, 
and it can be specific as you want it to be. Uh, you know, I, I like to talk about the Starbucks uh, Christmas cup issue. Yeah. Now we were just, man, when they came out with that solid red cup. It was red. It was red. Man, we were ticked off about that because it didn't have Christmas stuff on it. A totally secular company. Um, right. And it's disappointing to see the anger and the and the you know call to protest and picket to something like that. But like you said, when you know a homeless person comes in, or when we have a poverty crisis, we're silent. So maybe what are some things that um, that we've kind of failed as as a church, and and what you kind of learned from those experiences in the public square. I ultimately think that if you want to talk about failure, it's our inability to understand where people are. Uh, I, I, don't, I always lose track of where I've said stuff, but... <laughs> <laughs> You've said so much. Um, I, uh, years ago, I was at a Walmart, and there was a three-year-old who'd gotten lost in the toy area, and he couldn't find his mommy. And uh, so he started crying, screaming, you know, because he's lost. And he can't find her. And, you know, all the people in the Walmart store just turn around and start taking care of the little boy, right? And one lady picks him up and is drying off his eyes. And another person's asking, you know, what's your mommy wearing? And what's your name? And we're going to get the associate over here so we can get, her, you know, her, tell somebody that there's a lost child. And everybody's just snaps into action. And um, it was really sweet. But... You know, our culture are just three-year-olds crying out in grocery stores. Mm. They're lost. They are lost. Yeah. And so whenever they do something that we think is stupid, or they do something, they say something that we find incredibly offensive, or they ask us to respect their gender pronouns, or whatever it is that we've decided is just, you know, uh, incredibly insensitive or stupid or... Uh, or evidence that our culture is just going down the drain. I don't understand why we can't respond to that with the same compassion and the same um, uh, drive that anyone seeing a three-year-old crying in a grocery store would do. I mean, mm -hmm. I know they're adults, but they're lost adults. They're lost. And if we really believe they're lost, then we ought to care about it instead yeah. of um, in instead of condemning it. Um. But you, you said you want me to be gentle. So let me tell you where places where I think it works right. Mm -hmm. Snack pack ministry. Yeah. I'm telling you, that makes me so... Pr the, the, the coat ministry. Call these are ministry. The, the snack pack ministry is where they, they prepare backpacks for kids to take, or, uh, to take food home. Bags. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, coat ministry is where they get coats and distribute them at the schools for kids who, who don't have coats. That's the stuff that makes me yeah. really proud of of what Christians and I think how Christians ought to be in the public square. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Well, I'm going to go all the way back to talk about what I think is the the failure of our <laughs> lifetime, which was the AIDS crisis. Mm. Oh, wow. You know, the in the 80s when people were like a lot of Christians and not all, but a lot of Christians had to learn to get past the well. Mhm. Mm Mm. Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's what people get who, right. and then all of a sudden, oh, blood transfusions too. Do they deserve <laughs> right. it? Or right. yeah. when, you know, and so babies, babies and, yeah. and, but even so, 
even people who get AIDS because they exactly right. That should not be a source of righteous indignation mm. or, and glee yeah. and this, a sense of justice. Almost Schadenfreude, right? Yes, and and or at least, well, the universe is right. Oh, okay. That gotcha. should not give us yeah. a sense of yeah. things what, are working what's... out the way they should. But right. God is taking vengeance, and and I, you know, not every Christian I know felt that way, but yeah. a lot of churches, if they didn't feel that way verbally or overtly, were like. Moving on, <laughs> but a, but in the same after several years, a lot of churches were like, you know what, we're going to be the church that loves people with AIDS, even if they're gay. Yes, and even if the whether or not we agree with lifestyles is never going to enter into it. We're going to be the ones who love people who have AIDS, mm-hmm. and that took a decade, yeah, or longer. But the church, I think, initially really fouled that up, and then they became a lot better at it. Sean, you got one? Hmm. I know you've got some well, <laughs> in our yeah. conversations. No, I do. I, I, uh, I, a lot of them. But, you know, I I think we, we've just... We've spent so much try, time trying to be right yeah. about everything. And uh, we, we just don't... We don't have enough humility to say we were wrong... Um, or just enough humility to say, you know, we could have done things a better way, or maybe somebody else has a better idea than us, and we should be willing to do do things the way another person does something or another group does something. But for some reason, we feel like we've always just had to have all the answers, and we yeah. we we act like we're right about everything. Yeah, and I think so, that's what, uh, like what Cole was saying, yeah. with the idea that, well, hey, you you disobey God, you yeah. did something wrong, right? You get what's coming to you right. when it's like, we 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 disobey God, yeah, yeah. Well, we, are we gonna get <laughs> what's what we're coming to? You know, it's uh, you know, my, one of my in our tribe, we don't see this as much, you know, in the churches of Christ, but you know, um, bullhorn preaching, and we don't pass out tracks as much as we used to but just even the idea of walking into a building and seeing tracks and seeing i don't know what that means those little pamphlets of mm-hmm. you know where you're track going rack. when you die praise god you don't know yeah. about the track track yeah if i did i he can't went to, remember he went to a liberal church growing up they had titles like can masons be christians <laughs> That's right. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 The, the, it's a the it's this uh that was at my yeah. grandparents church. yeah there That's you right. go. i have some should, yeah. should christian yeah. teens dance yeah. I, have that. Yeah. 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 I have that i gave so, it to christian so what about cavemen we have yeah. a friend i can't remember which one but we have a friend who collects those. dan dan, dan mcgregor has adam, hundreds adam hundreds. rode a dinosaur Anyway, yeah, um, uh, right. dragons are real, dinosaurs so, are fake. So I believe anyway, in that. I so believe in that. Just that mindset of here's a pamphlet that I want to give you to tell you all the right answers yeah. and why you're wrong about everything you've ever thought is not the way of Jesus. Right. But but we're comfortable doing that or shouting at you know people on the street corner, but not doing the work. Yeah. Uh, of of of. Jesus. We'd rather just it, tell you why you're wrong. You need to change. You need to figure it out. Yeah. You need to figure it out. Not, hey, let me walk through life with you. And that's, yeah. that's where I struggle. It's, al- it's almost like coercion, you yeah. know, where it's like, do this or you're going to go to hell, you know? Yeah. Um, versus persuasion, yeah. which that leads me into my last question Billboards. on the podcast. I hate them. You don't like billboards? All the billboards. 
Yeah. Have he- you seen the one Heaven of the Chinese zoo? Choose. And it's got the giraffe. Well, one I, of the things that really ticks me I off like is that, that God didn't say any of those things, but he gets attributed for them. But I would like to have one that's... <laughs> I would, if I was very wealthy, I would like to get a, a billboard and just have it say, I didn't say any of that stuff, God. <laughs> yeah. But then I'd be speaking I've for God, misquoted. so it doesn't really work yeah. out. Yeah, then you'd be part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Back just say to- you heard it in a prayer, in a dream, yeah. and you're good. <laughs> Stop, Sean. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Let's okay. get into okay. this. Last question. What Ready. should be um, Christians' um, participation? Let's maybe not say the public square because we've kind of talked about that, but um, this is kind of selfishly something I want to talk about with you guys. But what should be our involvement in politics? Are we David Lipscomb or are we not? Well, I want to answer that first. Go for it. Um, when I was a youth, there was a great <laughs> T-shirt that went around that I thought was dumb when I was a youth, but I've thought about it since I have become a non-youth, <laughs> an older youth. But And it was trying to be cute, but it was a T-shirt that said, um, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Do you remember that? Yeah. Anybody? Anybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sean you, still says it. All right. <laughs> I, and I... Have a tattoo of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, I don't. I think... And I, there's a story in the Bible that I don't think gets enough press, so please let let your preaching ministers know to talk about this more. And I think it be can be interpreted in more than one way, Scott. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I love, love, love when they come to Jesus and say, hey, do we have to pay temple tax? Come on. And I think, man, I would love to see a camera back in those days. And just the expression Jesus must have given to go, Hey, whose picture's on it? <laughs> that is the most dismissive answer, and I love it. It's like, yeah. okay, champ, whose picture's on it? Well, Caesar's good. Go give it to him. And I think that was Jesus' way of saying, there's this over here, and there's the main thing. Mm-hmm. So, and I have to remind myself, they might take your house, they might take your whatever, they might tax you into oblivion, they might infringe on all these amendments they might do all this stuff and that that can be good or bad and you can talk about it but this is the main thing this is the so i think our involvement in the public square i think we have a responsibility to try to make this over here as good as it can be without taking our focus off the fact that it's not the main thing Hmm. that sounds man that sounds pie in the sky but that's for sure but i'm in the exact same spot as you i don't i don't believe that just disengaging, uh, or, or, um, I'm, I'm not ready to give up, right? Trying to reconcile my faith and my politics, but uh, I'm not. I'm also uh, not worried about making that happen. Mm. Like it's not gonna. It's not something I think I'm gonna achieve either. Um, I mean, I, I do think I take Jesus into the voting booth. I still do. Uh, I think Cole does too, and our. Ballots look different, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah, um, I'm okay with, you know, that's some of this has to do with living in a democracy where scripture scripture doesn't envision an opportunity for us to have voice. Yeah, that's interesting. So I don't know what to do with the fact yeah. that we have voice if mm-hmm. if Jesus didn't tell me how to use it. Yeah, um, and I would have I would have loved to to hear how he would have asked. I mean, how you would have answered the question, do I fill out a ballot, as opposed to do I pay my taxes? Because 
I could use I could use some direction. But until then, um, I I do take Jesus into the booth with me when I vote. But um, it is so many different things with my life at this point. I just basically every time I do something, ask for mercy. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I. We can talk about this another time, but when I realized I was going to go through a divorce, it was the same deal as just like, uh, this is going to happen. Can can you help a brother out and can I have mercy? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, I have to go vote today. Can you help a brother out? Can I have some mercy? <laughs> I I feel very comfortable asking Jesus for that now um, yeah. and saying, I'm going to do the best I can and I may mess it up. And you wanted Cole to win this election, and I just I gave the one vote that ruined it, and I'm sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sean. Oh goodness, you want my answer? You're part of the show, right? Um, well, I, you know, gosh, like you said, it, that, that is a, a where I wrestle. Like, you know, reading the scriptures is they didn't get a vote, you know, and and. And Paul seems pretty okay with that. Yeah. You know, he's like, you know, just be good to each other and, and let people know the way you think about life and by the way that you treat one another. And that be your example, not, you know, your your government allegiances. But, but, but at some point, you know, I, as somebody who has to pay taxes and somebody who has to deal with the ramifications of decisions made by our government— I do think it's important for us to at least have a voice to to be heard whether anything ever whether my way gets done or not. I don't I, you know I, I voted I mean I'm almost 40 been in, have plenty of elections that that I've been a part of and my guy has won very few of the times mm-hmm. you know and do I care? No. Um, at the end of the day, no. It, it much has not changed, but um, but I think it's important for for me to have an opinion and have a voice in, in that you know to be said um, out there because you know, things things do need to get done. You know, in terms of I think when we always have this political conversation, we think of it from the highest level of our government, but. You know, the political process is also in our own backyard, and, you know, we Sorry. just... could you say that again? Well, the political gonna, process is in the middle of our backyard. My, my watch. Um, but, you know, we just had uh, elections for Hamilton County mayor, and uh, they had, the, the those that were running had different opinions about how we should go about things, and um, I think it's important for us to, to be involved in that, those those processes so that, you know, not for the better, not not for the big hot topics like guns and abortion and things like that, but, you know, clean drinking water and, uh, you know, roads that don't have potholes in them. And, you know, do we need to tear down a, a beautiful farm on Snow Hill Road to build a bunch of cookie-cutter houses because somebody wants to make millions of dollars? You know, those sorts of things, I think, matter as well. And as a Christian, to have an opinion on that for the betterment of our of our life together in community is important. Mm, so great thoughts. If any of if any of that made sense, it all made sense. Oh, thank you. Are you brave enough to tell where your point of view is, Stephen? Yeah, I always wonder um, how Paul. I wonder if like. Um, <clears throat> 
<laughs> well, you know, Paul was a Roman citizen, and I wonder how he would have interacted um, if there was an opportunity to have like a Christian governor over one of the provinces, if he would have, I don't know. Um, I like to, I guess, live my life similar to Paul in the sense of he used his citizenship to his advantage mm-hmm. when need be, he used it to, to spread the gospel, but... Um, I am someone who does not participate in politics um, in terms of voting or supporting a candidate or, uh, you know, taking part in any type of political theater. Um, I don't believe in government, uh, essentially. I think uh, 1 Samuel 8 kind of points to the idea that uh, there's really any type of ruling authority is, is becomes oppressive at some point. Now, the United States was set up really well, and we've made it a, a long way. Um, but I do believe eventually uh, we're all done for. <laughs> well, you know, I've given up, Scott, yeah. <laughs> where you were, have not given up yet. So, you know, But I, I would say that I, I believe, kind of similar to Sean, but not in a political sense of all change happens on an individual in the smallest level possible through persuasion. Um, and I believe that there's more work to be done and energy to be spent than to be looking up a candidate's view or, you know, what they're doing. Because a lot of times it's different than what they say. I think Cole and I, if if there's anything we have agreed on, you know, other than Christ and, and Seinfeld uh, <laughs> nice. and coffee and Hawaii but uh, and, and 80s Texas. music. But other than that, if there's anything we've agreed on on the podcast, it has been this idea that we're not, the church is not responsible for leveraging power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Uh, we're responsible for leveraging influence, and that is a different thing than weighing um, that that we should have some thumb on the scale. I mean, just up on Udawal Ringgold Ro- Road and um, East Brainerd, up where the food city is, there's this sign that's it's a, a website that gives you the, you know, the church voting guide, oh, Christian's voting yes. guide. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's crazy. Um, and in fact, it. I think it I think it assumes something that has been endemic of the church for the last seventeen hundred years that we've had some seat at the table of yeah. power, and we think we should have more of it, and how we should use it. And I think Cole and I have both kind of found uh, uh, comfort with each other in. That's not our. That's not what we're supposed to be. Yeah, we're supposed to be. Um, we have influence, but that influence should be rhetorical. It should be mm-hmm. in persuasion. Yeah. It should. It not, not, shouldn't necessarily be that we win uh, by by uh, conquering someone else. In fact, I would even go far farther to say one of the appeals that we really need to make sure is in place first is ethos. So people who don't like government at all and the libertarian in me when people uh, as they always do say well if you don't believe that the government should be taking care of this what are you doing about it <laughs> and i need to be able to say these things mm-hmm. and my church does these things mm-hmm. yeah and the christians i know elsewhere do these things right so they go oh mm-hmm. and then i can talk about small government and so forth yeah, no because government. because while or Cole no believes government. in very 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 small government, that doesn't that doesn't mean that he doesn't care about the poor. In fact, he believes yeah. that we that 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 amplifies the responsibility of the church to mm-hmm. take care of the people that we were instructed to take care of. Yeah, you know, it's 
is not an option for Christians, <laughs> right? Regardless of how it happens, it's not an option for Christians to take care of the poor. And so uh, in Cole's perspective, the church is going to have to to get busy. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I'm not part of a democracy. I'm part of a monarchy, and the king is Christ, yeah. and he commands us to do things. Yeah. I'm going to follow those commands. Right. My, like, I, we, we, we've talked about this similarly on a podcast weeks ago about Easter, where Jesus is not just a savior. He's also a king and ruler. And when you die and follow him, he commands you to do some things. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and we we get the grace and we get the mercy, but we should also not take lightly our devotion and the fact that we said we were going to follow him yeah. no matter what. Mm-hmm. So... And wouldn't it be nice if Washington D.C. got out of the way? <laughs> I tell you what, Cole, that sounds uh, really good. Yes, yeah, it does. And, and conversely, I don't get to, uh, you know, uh, to be confessional, I don't get to pay my taxes and then say, "Job done. I've taken care of the right. poor." Yeah, that's right. 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 Uh, that's right. I don't get to, I don't get to vote and then say, "Job done. I voted against abortion or I voted for a candidate against abortion." Now I could be a jerk but, to but my I neighbor. But I think that's what's mm-hmm. happening, and yeah. I think that, like, like y'all, y'all have said this a lot, like. We've sold our birthright away. Yeah, and and that that's a powerful statement of for a bowl like, of red soup. Yeah, we're 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 giving it to these people who have no moral compass, no moral yeah. high ground at all, and letting them dictate not only what what we do with our money, but also what what we should do on an individual level. Like we we're so inspired by Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Greene or Ron DeSantis or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. We're so inspired, and we we follow them so often when they don't they don't care at all about you at all. Yeah. Um, that's my belief. Uh, but uh, and 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 a lot of them who say they're Christians are actually not Christians. Uh, we can go into the specific studies about that. But they don't. They have no um, moral, I guess, effect um, on what Jesus is doing. But we follow them instead of Jesus. Yeah. And 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 that to me is a huge problem. And that's why I'm like, I don't I don't want to get near that. Part of my belief is I used to be like that. Like I used to follow the the red team or whatever and the people there, and I would just ignore what Jesus was was telling us. Um and that it's it's a dangerous and I believe very thin line um that we've crossed over, I think, too much yeah. in our church. Well, thank you, uh, Cole and Scott. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Cole, safe travels back to thank you. Uh, the Lean. The What's the nickname? <laughs> well, we have the Key City. And the we Key have City. A Town. Uh, a Town Throwdown. Yeah. Why is it the Key City? I don't, I don't know, know, actually. <laughs> we won some award one time Lots that said we were the Key City, and we just held on to the key. Yeah, we have no idea. I don't know why it's called that. You still say we, Scott? Well, uh, no, but when I lived there, it was we. Okay. Hmm. Part of you're a, cha- you're a chat rat now, Scott. I'm a chat rat. <laughs> well, where can uh, listeners find you guys? Any oh, podcast man. service. It's Christians in the Public Square. Okay. Um, don't hold it against us. Yeah. We won't. Don't Let's... hold it against me. <laughs> so, is that still going out, by the way? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to post it. I'm gonna post it on all of my social media. Please, <laughs> well, don't you can't tag me anymore. That's well, why I actually deleted my Facebook and Instagram. Get <laughs> <laughs> of his paper because I heard it was coming out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys, and and uh, thank you guys for your podcast because I think it's very helpful and beneficial. Oh, yeah, uh, so go go listen to it. Uh, start at the first episode. That's probably beneficial. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us oh, here. Good to be here. Good to be anywhere. Yeah.